and welcome back for another episode of the Black Watch Report. I'm your host, Thorn Rain. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Kyle Wynn. How are you doing this evening, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Bit of a weird week with how things have been. I like watched all of uh, All-Stars this week. Uh, watched it like live, so it was weird watching Overwatch again live instead of watching VODs at like smashing the L key to skip forward up to team fights and on neutral fights that don't matter and stuff like that. Like it was weird doing that, but um, it's been, yeah, it's been a good week so far. Nice. Uh, I like many others in the world have now purchased a flight stick to play uh, uh, star Wars squadrons with. So I think it's going to get here tomorrow, <laughs> which is cool. And so I'm going to be playing that, which should be exciting. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, should be should be a, a real fun time. I also bought a tech deck too, like I, just like a straight impulse purchase. It was twenty bucks for like a little tech deck and then like a little skate park thing. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> well, stuff loaded from like watching stuff at my desk, and I want to fidget. I'm just gonna hit some little kick flips on my desk. I don't care. The the original fidget spinner. That's what what tech mm-hmm. decks were like when, totally. when you just wanted to sit at your desk and just mess around. I think back to seventh grade when I had like it was like the hugest thing at my, at my uh, junior high school, and at one point I think our teacher's desk was filled with like twenty of them just because like you would like <laughs> do stuff for like five minutes like come here bring it here bring it here, and then just put it in the the desk drawer and if you open that desk drawer there's probably two hundred tech decks in there just from everyone at school getting get it back at the end of the semester. Yeah. and then no one remember it would, yep. the teacher ended up at going home on june with their desk filled with uh tech decks oh that's we all hilarious left. um yeah i've basically been doing about the same just kind of uh doing a full rewatch of the walking dead because the uh season 10 season finale is tonight uh mm. so I was getting myself you know kind of ready for that um, still playing a little bit of spell break. Um, I backed a game on, uh, uh, what is that? Kickstarter. Uh, oh, what game? It was actually a game that I saw on your, uh, the, the stream that you shared for your, your dev development thing. Mm. Uh, oh, the lonely outpost. Yeah. One lonely outpost. Yeah, yeah, they met their goal and everything, and they're getting funded. And yep, yep, yep. I was looking at it. I was like, okay, this looks pretty dang sweet. Can't wait to play it <laughs> in a year. Yeah, but I've already secured my copy. I get uh, there. You uh, go. I get early, early access uh, because of my the the donation that I put in for. Mm, so mm-hmm. pretty pumped to be able to play that. Probably they said in like. Six to eight months is when the early access for the backer should come. So, okay. looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, just you know, still messing around on spell break, getting ready for. We're four days out from the uh, the top four. Like, can't wait to be able to tune in and watch. Uh, I'm hoping Philly win, but I've got San Francisco winning. And I yep. I feel like I'm in the minority with the San Francisco pick because a ton of people have uh, Shanghai winning it. Yeah, Shanghai does seem a bit like they had a much more sure season, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I have to support my local boys. Um, 
I, I gotta go for the shock on that, but it's gonna be exciting to see. I'm pretty sure matches are gonna be at the absolute worst time. It's like two in the morning for me. I think. You know, I've been staying up stupid late anyway, so I might as well just catch the. <laughs> yeah, four a.m., six a.m., two a.m., four six six. Oh god, it's like if it was like noon, two and four, I might be able to handle it. But like going up to six means I might be like going to bed at eight a.m. That's. Oh, That's wait. like kind of really late in the morning or like early, you know. I could technically watch it at work because it starts mm. at 7 a.m. for me. So I I would right. be at work and then just throw it on my phone and hide my phone. So I, I might be watching the uh, the playoffs. Well, <laughs> don't get fired. <laughs> yeah, just don't get fired. Um, but enough with what has been going on and what's coming up for us. Let's talk about some of this news. We got a little bit of news tonight, not a whole lot. Um, as always, news brought to you by our Patreons. Head over to patreon.com slash blackwatchport. Sign up at the $2 level. You can sponsor our uh, our news section here. This week's sponsor is Mr. Thugly. Thank you so much, Thugly. Kyle, why don't you start us off with this first one here? So we got the Banana Brawl incoming. Another Monkey Bubble sponsored event. $3,000 prize pool and two spots for contenders. Trials EU up for grabs here. Um, I don't think I know when it is starting. But this is something that we mentioned when, or that was mentioned when we talked with Dan. Uh, oh, it's coming up the October 23rd. Um, is something that Dan mentioned is wanting to have more outside tournaments that had more um, uh, results that mattered into the contenders ecosystem. Um, and we're seeing trials uh, spots given away for winners of these tournaments, which is pretty cool to see. So you don't have to always go through open division. Um, I would have loved to see, you know, a, a higher end tournament that gives, um, contender spots or something like that would be interesting or find some sort of way to do that uh, but i guess it's it doesn't really matter too much but it is cool to see i don't think we have any teams announced yet um it's a complete open tournament so i think it'll probably come together like three days before it's ready to go yeah and but, i i did see at least for the um Elo Hell one, um, frill shape, whatever, whichever way you want to call it, uh, had said something about uh, current trials and contenders teams aren't allowed to play in them, uh, which obviously why would you need a trial spot? So you, yeah, you're you're looking at mostly open division teams, tier three, tier four. Uh, but according to him, he's still going to try to figure out a way to get the. Uh, tier two i don't know what they're called anymore alert guys into this uh tournament so let's see how that works out <clears throat> but uh second bit of uh kind of scene news here um we kind of memed on it the last time we talked about it because it was kind of it had a lot of really weird stuff in it uh the ebc emea major has been announced uh the last time we talked about it there was like 12 forfeits like uh ex oblivion the grand finals forfeit <laughs> yeah ex oblivion forfeited to british hurricane in the grand finals like so it's it's kind of weird but uh those were all the regionals 
we're looking at the uh, the major here. So it's going to be six groups of six. So we're talking about 36 teams here. Um, matches of the first to three format. Um, two teams from each group advance to the playoffs. Third place teams face off for a tiebreaker to qualify for the playoffs. Um, bottom three teams are completely eliminated out. Um, yeah, like this is going to be a massive, massive tournament. It looks like it's going to be running, uh, starting actually tomorrow and running all the way through till November 22nd. So, uh, basically every week, Monday, what is it? Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 12.15 CEST uh, if you want to check out some of the EMEA teams, which we know British Hurricane is in this uh, this tournament, so best of luck to everyone else. It, it, we, we very likely expect it to go the way of British Hurricane. Yep. I think no. Things can always change. Um, jumping into the roster moves section, speaking of British Hurricane, there has been rumors that are now pretty much, not confirmed, but it's like, yeah, we all kind of know. Yeah. Like, you know how there's like those two people that hang out all the time and like, okay, they're dating. And then they're like, no, we're just friends. Like, then like a week later, they're like, okay, we're dating. I'm like, yeah, we know. Um, that's British Hurricane and becoming the new London Spitfire. That is a terrible analogy, by the way. Like, it's just such a... <laughs> I've had better. Um, but yeah, London Spitfire, it was rumored on the Esports Observer, or reported, not rumored, by Kevin Hitt that London Spitfire are going to release their entire roster and coaching staff um, looking towards a new long-term murder where the or- organization will cultivate its own talent from teams such as British Hurricane um, and be looking towards Western European players who identify with the geographical market as it re- relates to sponsorship and partnership agreements. So, like, yeah, we we kind of thought that that would make sense because I don't think London Spitfire did anything to market their players. They did basically about as much work as Vancouver did, and Vancouver had, like, terrible marketing for their players despite having a, you know, possible local market that they could tap into. But um, all of this issues happen with like a mediocre um overwatch league team meanwhile their uh academy team british hurricane has been undefeated for more than a year uh yep maybe it's about time we give those those uh european dudes a shot to like actually play instead of picking up the tier three talent and then glister and bernard i it's just i, I yeah it, it makes sense and to kind of confirm the report as well uh when was i think it, it was a couple like days ago like hours after the first report yeah three days ago they posted that they're releasing their whole coaching staff yeah literally the next day they um after the thing was reported they released their whole coaching staff um i think players will come next but i think due to the more specific contract rules towards players from the league as far as i understand you won't hear um, about any of that until after the finals i bet yeah that's something yeah. that i think is going to happen but it, it seems incredibly likely at this point that they're just gonna clean sweep pick up a whole bunch of new players um something to note as well the only player who's not old enough to play is sparker um so they will need to boss bolster this roster and like they would be absolutely stupid not to 
Um, I mean, even if they picked up, even if Sparker was old enough, like you cannot just pick up the six and just, you know, season one Florida Mayhem it. Um, they would need to bolster the roster with some other players. There's lots of good talent around EU. So now my, um, and, I was going to say, my question is, is do they go 100% European or do they go like Paris Philly Eternalit? with... Yeah, Paris Eternal, Philly with mixed roster. You know, maybe they keep Glister and Benar and then add in around them, or do we see them wholesale up the hurricane and then pick up some other players from uh the the EU scene? I would like to see them maintain some of like the good members because if you have them contracted and especially like for the most part every player is one plus one. Um, so if you didn't pay Glister or Bernard that much, you can just plus one them and keep them on a lower end contract and not need to like, unless you can sell them off for that contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then maybe, but like, it does seem kind of silly to just drop the entire team, but I do think that they definitely do need to give, uh, some credit to their Academy roster and start calling some if not all of them up build a eu centric roster uh because there is tons of talent and london spitfire last year or th- this season really underperformed yep. um i mean t- they performed what we expected but we didn't expect much like it was yep. an entirely like there were players who were like who oh he was on gen z okay the the last team of the 45 teams that Genji owns and runs academies for. Okay, cool, cool. It's the academy team of the academy of the academy. Like, yeah, meanwhile, their their actual academy team for British Hurricane is like, yeah, we haven't lost a match in since August of 2019. Can I get a cut? No? No contract? Oh. Thanks. Okay. No, no contract? Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll just keep playing at home. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, yeah, I, it's good to see that changes are happening. I'm hoping it gets confirmed, and I hope they pick up most, if not all, of this roster that they can. Yep. Uh, but I hope they pick up more pieces as well. And, I mean, Fisher's sitting over there in uh, EU again now, too. So uh, we know that there's a bunch of big names still over there in EU that could get picked up. Should be pretty interesting yeah. to see how this plays. I think he's f- for sure just coaching now, and I, yeah, I don't just let go of their whole coaching staff too. Well, yeah, they but, call uh, him up for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the next bit here, I kind of alluded to it a little bit ago. Uh, tier two drama alert nation catching a little bit of their own drama. You know, they they like to talk a lot of trash to. To other players and other teams. Well, this one kind of bit them. Uh, Blizzard, I guess, was telling them they can no longer use the name due to copyright uh, issues with none other than uh, Keemstar's drama alert. So uh, the team, I'm assuming it's either going to be Shape or OG, because I know OG ran uh, Team Doge's socials, and I know Frill, or well... Shape runs a lot of the teams that he did. Um, tweeted out some uh, some pretty interesting stuff to uh, Keemstar, which actually the tweet is a is no longer available. It's gone. It is gone. Um, he he 
he called Keem uh, can't say it because we're a PG show, but uh, he he called Keem some some choice names. Uh, uh, Keem actually and then he responded. replied back to which is the funniest thing. Uh, yeah, Keem actually responded back. Uh, so there was a little bit, and then I I do need to pull up the uh the reply back to Keem from Tier Two Drama Alert. I don't. I didn't see reply back at all. Uh, oh, they must have deleted, deleted that one too. That, yeah, they just they're just <laughs> clearing their hands of that whole business. Uh, yep, yep, yep. That is that is a shame because it was actually pretty funny how they completely flipped and apologized for calling him a name and then saying that they were big fans and they wanted to. Uh, uh, like honor the name and all kinds of other stuff. So it was it was pretty good. Like you can expect great social media encounters from this team and all of its players. So um, still looking to see they should be announcing here pretty soon what their new name is going to be. Uh, they have not yet, so we got to wait for that. And then with I think another really weird one. Uh, the first bit is not weird, but the second part is really weird. Imp announces his departure from Team Doge. Imp was the manager of the team, uh, worked with Team Doge, previously Triumph, and is now LFT. However, the team has now also completely forfeit the remainder of their trials and is completely out of the world. Like, I, no one has heard anything of them. They have no tweets as of late. Um, we're basically been trying to reach out to the couple people who have not left the Overwatch contender scene to go play Valorant or Coach Valorant um, to find out what the heck happened to this team because they fell off the face of the earth after um, after losing in contenders. They have not tweeted since then, since September 25th. So literally just completely disappeared and have now been disqualified slash forfeit all of their matches and trials, and they're just gone. So the team that was once the most dominant roster in contenders is now forfeited out of trials. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. It it definitely crazy to see. Um, Really wasn't expecting it either, because, like, some of the players are still tweeting stuff out, like Aspen, like, tweeted out. A picture of her and um, Finzy. Uh, Finzy, like, because they're a couple. They're, so, like, that's a weird. That's a weird I didn't one. Know that, one I'm that like, one was kind of crazy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, okay. But like, it was one of those things where it, I'll see the players like randomly pop up in a retweet or something like that, or like commenting on something, but no one has said anything about just what like, happened. Is anyone going to say what happened? They're just like, like no avoiding one's it at this point. Yeah. But uh, that's it for the little bit of news that we got. So we're going to roll right down into the quick play. Uh, we're just going to go over contenders trials for October really quick. Cause it's basically wrapping up right now. Um, so Kyle, you want to grab uh, Group B? I'll get Group A. Yep. All right. So over in Group A, you've got Odyssey. They're currently sitting at three and one. It's looking like they're going to be one of the top teams. Um, Boston up or the Uprising Academy sitting at three and one right now with a plus six right behind Odyssey. 
Um, but I do believe they have to play 200 MS still. Yep. And 200 MS is also sitting at three and one. So whoever wins that is guaranteed to go up into, uh, contenders. And then the other one will probably be sitting in that, that safe zone. And then you've got Karasuno at two and two Lunaris at one and three. And then Delta Phoenix is the First team to be fully knocked out, other than Team Doge, at 0-4. Um, but like I said, we're waiting on some of this to wrap up, so these might change uh, between now and next week. And then luckily for um, Revival, they confirm, or they, they lock in their spot in Group B as the top of uh, Trials and for sure lock in their spot to Contenders next season, or next uh, month. Or this month, I guess now. Um, they get the 4-0, starting with the uh, free, easy win against Team Doge, and then go on to do pretty well beyond that. Uh, Kratos is right behind them at 3-1, but they are not confirmed yet. They still need to play uh, Infamous, who is sitting right behind them at 2 map diff uh, below. Still 3-1, though. Last Hope and Suzano never heard of those two teams um are sitting kind of in the elimination bubble as of right now both at one and three seems quite likely that both of them are going to get knocked out as well then uh next up we've kind of got the contenders eu grand finals we wanted to cover we mentioned last week that we wanted to try to now that we have some free weeks covering some other regions that we haven't focused on as much um specifically eu and especially now that we've got all this news that british hurricane may be being picked up or that at least the spots are available mm-hmm. um it might be good to look in at these players and find out which players deserve a nod here and there and maybe even some from the team that almost defeated them but that's a little bit less likely i think yeah. <laughs> that would take that would take uh some learning on that team's part. Yeah, because it would take a, a little bit of diversification, you know? Didn't see a whole um, lot out of them. No. I mean, but what we did see, it was pretty good. Pretty good. For a one-trick team, they're pretty good at those one-tricks, dude. Yes. Um, and this is the team that we're talking about is Avoided, of course. the Basically, the 2.0 version of uh, Clockwork Vendetta, despite having none of the same players, but being of the same, like, ethos. Of we're just gonna play one thing and we're gonna play that a lot, and that is Ball Diva Mercy Anna Farah Tracer. Um, so avoided go up the first two maps against British Hurricane on Ilios, then King's Row, I believe. Yep. Then it gets flipped on Anubis. Then Nepal, and then what's the other nope, one that I missed? Uh, oh, Junkertown. Junkertown, then Nepal. They wrapped on. Right. Yeah. So, uh, got quite dicey there towards the end, or, tw- I mean, towards the start. They had us in the first half, not going to lie. Um, Bridger came, brought it back to continue their undefeated streak through Contenders uh, September. So, if let's the- look at... If this match isn't, like, the poster child of why first to two is hot garbage, 
Yeah. I don't know what else is because yeah. this was such a good match to watch. And it would have never happened if it was outside of the grand finals because Avoided would have won easily. But that wasn't the case here. So another thing as well is uh, Avoided got knocked into the lower bracket round one. Uh, by who was it? Sheer cold. Two of them knocked them into the lower bracket where they then go 2-0 against Oblivion, 2-1 against Young and Beautiful, 2-1 against Sheer Cold, 3-0 against Obey Alliance, then come back in an almost completely lower bracket bonanza. Um, and this is an odd team, and I think British Hurricane are smart enough to realize what they need to run into it to counter it because we immediately see the sombra to counter the ball to counter the far or the mercy of possible um and they seem to be playing intelligently around the picks but the problem is is like it's not just a team playing a stupid comp that still works <laughs> they're also good at those individual heroes as well which is super challenging uh Yazin, I think is the only way I've heard this name pronounced, but it's the probably the, the worst name I've ever seen in a contenders match. It's Y Z N S something and then a number, then another letter. I'm like, okay, well you can't go Ted or like Bill or you know or Noob Slayer 69420. I don't care. Just anything <laughs> that I can pronounce, please. Uh, he's like genuinely really good at Farah and knows how to play against counters specifically well and play angles correctly um kind of jumping around my notes here um he's just he knows how to play the angles correctly on elios especially he knows how to play around corners even on lighthouse which is probably one of the hardest ones to play as farah he knows how to play around the back of the lighthouse to play around the corners of the two houses on either side um, knows how to take good angles, and then the overall team of of avoided is able to um, really focus either tanks or the backline with pretty good uh, consistency and focus. Um, it was really tough to be Hattie or uh, sometimes Repa or sometimes whoever uh, Kellex. Mm. They were just diving really hard between. The ball, the Farah, the Tracer specifically, they were really focused and really um, punishing any mispositionings or mistakes that were made by British Hurricane, especially the first two maps. Yeah, especially on the first two maps. Um, they played basically everything hyper-aggressive, um, especially on Ilios. They were playing, if they got a team kill, they didn't wait and hold angles. Um Yezin was taken to the sky and firing rockets into spawn. Um, Ken was was diving into the back line. They were having to fight every inch from spawn down. From basically the moment they were walking out of the door. And then Avoided would collapse back, regroup, after they built a ton of ultimates off of a bunch of poke damage. Uh, because they were diving so far into the back that they would just win the ultimate battle at that point. Um, so playing super aggressive and then talking about uh, Yezin. 
in after the half, we saw that Yezim was basically being the the single focus of everyone on his team getting all of the resources. He had yeah. all of the healing. He had people body blocking for him. He had um, uh, people using abilities and ultimates to suck up damage specifically out of uh, his direction because he was literally just destroying people with the way he would rotate around the map. Uh, his prediction on where um, the supports were going to be, he was getting you know one or two shots with his rockets, and then he would have the boost on the rocket. Uh, there was a moment on Nepal, I believe, where, again, he's firing rockets down into the spawn. He's boosted by... Um, Sorceress? Uh, T-Sorcery, yeah. Yeah, T-Sorcery. And just out of nowhere, uh, kill ends up killing... Um, who was playing the uh, the Echo over on British Hurricane? Uh, I don't have it in my notes. I can't remember who was playing what. Because I know that Danid is, I think, usually there... Uh, projectile player, so probably him. But I thought he was basically on Sombra duty the entire yeah, time, unless yeah, he, he was wasn't at one point. Sombra, uh, it was oh Sparker. It was Sparker. Okay. Um, yeah, he just just dumpster Sparker in spawn before they're able to even engage. So, um, just playing that hyper aggressive. But then it starts to go the way of the hurricane, which we'll talk about here in just a second. Yeah, and then one last note unavoided is Ken on the Tracer really punishing the back line of British Hurricane as well. Mm -hmm. um, lots of big value pulse bombs getting at least one or two and then also just sometimes getting one clips. And it's usually on the back of a, a big rocket that landed and just good timing on like rocket and then Tracer shoot. And it just was able to burst someone down quick enough uh, before the healing was really able to come out. Um. And then on the side of British Hurricane, one of the big issues that we saw at the start was that they were able to get big entry picks. Like they're usually able to pick like one or two people off, but the kind of never say die mentality from avoided meant that they were able to just like run away for a second and then come back and contest and kind of win man down fights, which was really a big issue for British Hurricane uh, until they were able to kind of turn things around. And then King's Row last, there was just a really brutal um, timing mistake from Dan that ended up. Uh, making sure that Avoided finished the map, I believe. Uh, Yezin had Barrage up, and he knew he just needed to EMP and then kill him. But then the Barrage and then the Nano came out right before and just got infinite value. Um, it just does so much damage so quickly that even after the EMP came out, there was already like two or three dead on British Hurricane. It just did not work. Yeah. And some of the best plays that we saw kind of nullifying Yezin... Um, Kellex had some really nice uh, beats, uh, two specifically over on uh, Temple of Anubis, both on point B. Uh, British Hurricane had to hold point B for like five and a half minutes. Uh, at one point, it was five ultimates to five ultimates. Um, and in the economy fight of ultimates, that first engagement, uh, British Hurricane only used uh, the beat 
uh, avoided, I think, used two or three ultimates. Um, Calyx was just on point, specifically went out of his way to go over and save um, Sparker with a beat because Sparker was being hunted by Yezin. Just the the heads-up plays that we saw them change into uh, after the half was was pretty phenomenal to watch how they uh, they took on this one-trick team later on in the game. Yeah, and I think it also kind of came down to the maps as well. So the first two maps that were won by Avoided were Alios and King's Row with two maps that have a lot of sky cover. So there are a lot of they're, they're both maps that are quite tall and have the buildings and structures going up quite high. So you're able to fly around, but still play around corners and angles mm. uh, a little bit more carefully, which meant that uh, T-Sorcerer and Yezin were able to kind of hide and play smart. Anubis, it's a bit harder to, especially on second. Um, you have to play around the little posts or else you're kind of just in the open. Um, and it's just a little bit harder to navigate onto the point there, which meant that uh, British Hurricane were able to kind of focus down T-Source for quite a bit more. And then um, Junkertown as well, first and third were a little bit easier to kind of suppress the effectiveness. And Nepal Shrine as well, or I think a lot of Nepal, specifically Shrine, they were able to um, hard focus with one ultimate and two other tanks as well just mm -hmm. facing down the mercy and burning her out so on nepal shrine we saw both tanks dive up do damage with the diva and the winston and then ripa also popped the coalescence to kill the mercy like okay the raid boss is dead let's kill this rest of this team and win the fight and it, it really took some hard focus because two sorcerers just ate like knew where to play on the first two maps and be essentially unkillable um, throughout a lot of that i would love to see some statistics come out on like his deaths uh per 10 on the first two maps and then compared to the next couple because it did seem like there was a pretty big paradigm shift in the way that um he was able to or not moving forward uh hide and uh, avoid damage mm. and i also want to like kind of cite the coaches here because you saw the hurricane kind of switch the way that they played this team coming out of the half after losing two matches they started to play him a little bit more aggressively uh had better target focus after that point um so avoided we're playing comps that no team was going to really be able to scrim against unless they were scrimming avoided hmm. so basically maps one and two were british hurricanes scrims it felt like kind of getting a feel for how the team played. Um I I wish I could know what was said by Hurricanes coaches during the break to say, hey, you know, you've got to watch every corner that you go into because Yezin's gonna be there with, you know, an amped barrage. Um we saw on Anubis where um oh man, why am I I literally just finished watching this. Hattie um, would jump up into the barrage and then drop the uh, the bubble right in uh, Yezin's face. So they they knew that the barrages were the key to basically everything. Uh, shut it down 
any way possible. You'd see both tanks just jumping into the face of Yezin. They played them completely differently. They started to match the aggression, which was nice. Um, so, yeah, like this British Hurricane, not only the players, but the coaches just being able to break down the tape and then kind of point the team in the right direction. Um, I feel like that helped them a lot after the half. Yeah, and then I don't remember where this happened. I, I'm try I literally watched this match yesterday as well, but I forgot about it. But I have a note here. Mulfig eats a, a pulse bomb into a huge AMP from Danid. Allows British Hurricane to win Junker Town. So I think that was the uh, last uh the last fight of yeah. their defense, yeah. It just kind of came down to one kind of smart play from two different people here. So um was good to see them able to maintain the the dominance, although looking a little bit more killable um was British Hurricane, but you know, it's just a, a minor footnote in the uh, trilogy or the epic that is the British Hurricanes 2019-2020 uh, season so far. Yep, definitely. And a team that was, well, they're an academy team, so they couldn't go to open division, but they were almost on that relegation point to open division in 2019 at one point, I believe in the first half. So yeah. for them to turn it around and become one of the most dominant uh teams out there i mean the i think at this point they have more consecutive wins they've got a longer fusion streak than fusion yep yep so the, now they they are currently holding the long streak we didn't think that we were going to see fusion university streak you know beat cuz it was something crazy and now hurricane are just out there doing their thing We'll have to wait and see what happens if uh, if this team gets picked up, if that's the moment that the streak breaks. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to dance on into uh, Korean contenders here and just kind of look back at some of the matches. So they have a completely different setup than NA and EU have had. Uh, it's more reminiscent of previous seasons where we've got one big long group stages, um, group A and group B. And the teams have already played that out, and then their finals are starting uh, a week from Tuesday, I think it is. A week like from a, Tuesday, a week from Thursday. It's like a week and uh, on the fourteenth, so ten days, yeah, fourteenth uh, and fifteenth and stuff like that. So it's they're pretty close here. We've got the groups finalized. We know who's going to be in the playoffs. We know who got knocked out. Um, I'll break down Group A real quick, and I'll kind of look in on who's on which team to kind of uh, remember what has happened with these teams since then, because we haven't paid too much attention, uh, specifically just this half of this year. So rounding out Group A at the top is Talon Esports, a team that was invited over as they blew up the Pacific region, and then they basically let go the entire roster and went full Korean. Um, big names on there. Stellar, and then a bunch of other people that I am not as familiar with. Arrow, Feather, Jengu, Piggy, Kurong, and Swoon. Um, WGS Phoenix maintaining the second spot with a 3-1. and one. Um, Notable names, I am 37, Valentine, Aztec, and Gabe Olsey. Uh, O2 Blast is the team that's got lots of popular names on it. They round out the final playoff spot with a 2-2. That feature such players as Proper, Pelican, Yachtpunk, Kaiser, Kalios, Neko, 
so on and so forth. Meanwhile, Genji and T1. Genji's basically a similar roster from what they had previously. I think they lost Oberon and their support line. Um, but Stalker and... Oh, who's their other player? Was it Glister? No. No, maybe. Glister was... Mystic, I think. No, he was on that. He was on the team. They lost Oberon Wakid previously, who went to Lucky Future. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, they lost their support line, and then one of their key DPS talents didn't quite do as good recently. And then T1, which was the same roster that did pretty well in a previous season, did not do as well. And this is Perfect, Nice, Ion, Sven, Fixa, and Physics, who I thought was the exact same roster that had a, a pretty positive run. I think it might have just been last season. Um, or maybe not. They've already apparently they've done pretty pooey recently, so um oh no, they did twenty twenty uh season one week one. They won that week. And then got fifth through eighth. I don't know. Maybe they got second in the next cup and then went down to trials and they maybe they've had a, a less than happy uh recent showing. So unfortunate for them. And then over in group B, we've got uh, Element Mystic. I'm trying to think. I think the only name on here that I remember from Element Mystic is MCD. I think everybody else is not not new, but fairly new. Um, yeah, they did call up a lot of talent, I think, from one of their Academy rosters. Yeah, like, um, I really don't know any of the other people on here. Uh he sang, and I, I think I remember hearing something about Jay Hoon. Could be a different Jay Hoon because I think there was two. Uh, but then maybe yeah, that's likely. Element Mystic taking that four zero runaway. Uh, you know, runaway going through a bunch of changes always. Um, but it's, it's still all pretty much roster, hit huge names after yeah after they got picked up. Um, Merit Assassin Mag. Phase, Wu Yaw, um, Chio, Revenge. Again, Runaway just putting together a fantastic uh, roster. Uh, only losing to Element Mystic, 3-1. Uh, then we've got Team BM. Uh, Don't know anyone on that roster. Nope. I, nobody. The majority Not of the roster nobody. is red name on Liquipedia. So, um, yeah. and then you've got Team Diamond. Um, of note, you've got Flora, Takiyaki, uh, Unique, and I think half. If I'm not Team Diamond, yeah, from Meta Athena and XX Gaming. Okay, I don't remember that name, but maybe you, okay. Uh, and then over, uh, they are knocked out 1-3. And then wrapping out with an 0-4, we have Oz Gaming. Uh, where they develop. Uh, the only two that I recognize, if it's the same ones, are Free and Another. But outside of that, I don't. I don't recognize anybody on Oz Gaming other than Free and Another. Yeah, not really. Any notable names there? See, that's one of the bad things about having a full-time job and all of the Korean matches being at, like, 
two in the morning. It's a pain to get back and watch them. <laughs> yeah. I would love to be able to watch more, uh, but that's kind of why we're doing what we're doing in these like weird weeks. We'll go back, we'll grab, you know, one or two matches. This week we grabbed one. We're gonna take a look at the runaway versus element mystic matchup. Uh element mystic take this three one. Um it was a pretty good matchup. It's reminded me a lot of watching old Element Mystic versus Runaway, uh, giving us a good solid game here. Yep, starting off, um, it ended up going to Element Mystic. This is a match from a couple weeks ago, almost a month ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, When was this match? This was week one, August 20th. So a little over a month ago. and kind of looking at key players and, and big plays here, on the side of Runaway, um, Merritt was part of the reason they were able to win out Busan. Uh, unfortunately, the Vlad cut off the first half uh, of downtown, so we were, weren't able to catch too much of that. But really on Sanctuary, Merritt was really able to come into his own, playing a lot of Widowmaker, finding really good angles, and just getting good picks while the rest of the team was able to uh, sustain and poke and prod until opportunities were presented to merit to solidify the kills. Um, and then merit does have a pretty smart Bob play that uh, Mag also helps out on as well. Uh, he throws the Bob on the point and then they maintain the distraction of Element Mystic um, in the stairwell on Hanamura second on like the top side. Uh, and then they just basically see nine them. Or catch them on the... I guess it's not really a C9, but they stealth the point out from underneath them. Yep. Um, pretty smart play from them. And uh, Korea's playing on 1.5, which I'm not 100% sure what that... Uh, what all is in that patch, but we saw a ton of uh, double shield. Um, some Rhine Sigma, a lot of Orisa Sigma still. The difference was... We never saw it mirror matched. It was always a dive versus a double shield. Uh, double shield on defense, dive on attack. Um, so in this specific scenario, um, Runaway was running the double shield on Hanamura defense, and it just didn't really work out for him a whole, whole lot. Um, Element Mystic was able to get a lot of really solid dives in, uh, focusing down targets. They had a better time bank. Outside of the kind of stolen point, um, when they were running, because literally they would just swap comps when they would change sides. Um, It didn't seem like the double shield was working for them against Element Mystic's dive setup. Yeah, especially too, because what you had the the rollout uh, from Element Mystic was a a really big um, first fight. I think you had Choice of One do a lot of damage on the Genji, built up the Mm -hmm. blade super quick, and then you also had MCD build a super fast Nano, so they were able to catch cap the first point like a minute max, and then they already had those two ults ready. And then they just nano bladed, and then they just capped the point with like a huge time, which is why they were able to win the map. Because although both um, completed, I think I forget how the match ended up exactly, they but held at like forty-two percent 
Right on first on because first. they only have like a minute or so yep. to uh, run away. And then Element and so, Mystic was just able to build up ultimates and then just steamroll yeah. through. Um, as well, there was almost a full hold on King's Row as well. It came down to the final fight. Um, and we saw Runaway kind of run up into the upper hallways and try to go all the way around and. Elm Mystic were just having none of it, had really smart counterplays, good counter positioning and rotating to not give Runaway the advantage on where they went. Um, so when El, uh, Runaway did have to go to the point, Elm Mystic was like prepared uh, from this new angle and was still able to win the team fight. So really smart uh, heads up player from them. Um, and then towards the end, I forget who it was. I don't think it was Choice of One. Who's the other big DPS player on that team? I don't know. Um, might have been he saying who was playing the Sombra. Uh, it was really a, a, an issue coming out of I think Chio who hit like a sound barrier too early knowing that they had uh, an EMP on the other side but then the EMP comes out, completely undoes um, the sound barrier that Chio launched out um, I think it was a full team. I think there were two down. Sambayar comes out, gets the other four, and then Choice of One, I think, was on the Genji again and just started dashing through dudes and uh, really was just a good play from them. On the flip side, uh, on King's Row, they end up going all the way around on first point to that little... I forget what that place is called, but it's the top uh, right when you go up around. shop or something. Maybe I don't know. It's the weird little like back alleyway mm. uh, going to first. They go there. Uh, I forget who it was. Lands a huge, but oh yeah, MCD hits like a huge bionade, and Revenge is able to save his entire team at the immortality field after a Nano Winston dives onto them as well. So, um, smart play, quick reaction time from Revenge. But there was, I think, a couple of issues that he had that uh, were not quite as good. But I can't recall those offhand. Yeah, when like the specific issues were, and specifically on King's Row, man, Merritt was trying his hardest on the McCree to hard carry. Like he was getting two, three picks, and then they just couldn't like finish out those last little bit of uh, kills. And Element Mystic would just start to stagger back in. Uh, Merritt looked phenomenal but just wasn't able to get that last little bit. Um, a couple zoning uh, dead eyes, but it was just, you know, smart flashbangs. Um, hitting shots from across the map, taking out Choice uh, uh, um getting picks on the rolling into the back line and taking out supports like... Merit looked phenomenal, but just not good enough to to beat out the whole of Element Mystic on his own, basically. Yep, it, it was uh, it was definitely an interesting match, and I'm I'm really looking to forward to, like to seeing more of these teams playing. Um, we're gonna be trying to stick a little closer to the Korean uh, finals that are coming up next week and the week after. Um, so we'll be trying to stick with those a little bit more closely, get more info on these players because we need to develop our uh, draft list for this next season of Overwatch League. So yep. 
Um, we we are in we gotta, the season. We gotta start doing the research. We gotta start doing that research. And it's it's looking um, like we're gonna see a, a a little bit more of a diversified pool this time around. We might we mm. might start to see you know we're getting hints at a large group of EU players getting picked up where we typically didn't see that uh, this season. Now, granted, this season was a little jacked up with COVID, kind of messing up visas and everything, but um, so. It could be us watching a whole lot of Korea and EU coming up because, as yep. we've stated before, NA's pretty much butchered. I like. Yeah, there's, it's, there's not a whole lot of talent left. It's so hard to tell because a team will be really, really good one season or one month, and then the next month completely fall apart, i.e. Team Doge, i.e. Odyssey, i.e. Yep. Revival. Like, it's so hard. Like, there's no consistency, and so... You can't bank on, okay, well, this guy's been good. Like, Tayo was consistently top level. Onigod, yep. consistently top level. Um, Kevster, same thing. Like, you could say that these players, like, okay, these are consistently performing well. But then, like, you have Odyssey do really, really, really well, and they get knocked down to trials. And you're like, well, okay, were they just a one-trick meta team? You can't really bank on that if you're an Overwatch League scout because, like, you have to be creative and you have to be adaptive uh, or adaptable. And we're not seeing that as much from NA, at least recently. Um, but in this next couple of weeks, we got Korea. We've got WGS Phoenix and Team BM starting off on the 14th. Uh, 15th, you've got Runaway and O2 Blast. Uh, two pretty good matchups, and we're going to see Element Mystic and Talent Esports come in on the semifinals as the bye. So, um, should be pretty cool to see. We're going to be covering probably all of these matches, considering how they're spaced out. We might be able to just cover all five of them, or four, and then the fifth one, probably. Yeah, because um, the first the grand four finals are on the week 15th, after. and then the finals are on the 22nd. And more than so. likely... NA contenders won't be until the week of the 25th, if I would have to guess. The final yeah. week Seems of likely. the month. So, uh, yeah, we should be able to squeeze in this whole playoffs uh, and kind of get a good look at the top players basically in the last major tournament before uh, players will start to be able to be signed under free agency because we're be I mean, we're four days out from the grand final, so uh, yeah. we'll be right in the middle of, you know, pickup season, basically. And I don't know when the signing window opens up or anything like that. I'm, I feel like it's really soon, but I can't remember uh, entirely just yet. So should be interesting to see. Um, we'll hopefully get some more uh, info on when the signing window is. We know that there's new rules coming up for two-way players, stuff like that. So we'll kind of reprimer that when it comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we'll be able to collab with High Noon Podcast and kind of have a uh, read our list of who we think should get called up and where they go and all that sorts of stuff. So um, hopefully be looking for that in the near future. Yep, definitely. But I think that is it for the show. Uh, Kyle, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to start streaming my uh, my Star Wars adventures, but we'll Find see. you we'll in see. an X-Wing? 
Yeah, I if I get VR, dude, I'm like I will like have to bait that as well. Like pick up a VR headset and go like full immersion with the hands control. I got like the two parter too, dude, where you've got like the the joystick and then the thrust lever thing, and you just like crank it up, and I'd be yelling in my apartment and stuff. So is um, this like a team based game, or is this like? Yeah, dude, it's like a five v five. So it, like there there are an, a possibility of esports. I might uh, I might. Uh, uh, DM Kenobi and see if you're like, yo, dude, you want to start casting some Star Wars <laughs> Watchmen's uh, esports together? Because I think it'd be super fun. Like, there's such esports potential for it because you've got like team comps that you can build out. You've got four different fighters, five different slots. You can have like a doubled up. Um, you literally have a support, uh, like a, a faster one, a slower one. You've got a, a a bomber and like a regular fighter. You've got your fast one and your support one. So. There's some like team comp stuff you can talk about. There's differences and balances and um it's an interesting game. I'm I'm curious to see where it's gonna go. I may or may not stream that. We'll see how it's going, but mainly just follow me on Twitter at Kyle or Winner. Um if I do post stuff, it'll happen. As well if there's there's some things happening in the the near future that may be good as well, uh they'll be announced there as well when I can announce them. We will see. Nice. You can find me over on Twitter at thorn rain um if you are an audio listener head over to twitch twitch.tv slash blackwatch report hit that follow button uh we do appreciate that if you happen to have amazon prime you've got twitch prime i don't care that's what i'm gonna go with because it sounds better you can hit the subscribe button for free we are affiliates does help out the show but if you want to help out completely free just a little bit of your time Head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast at. Leave us a review. Send that over to us. We'll read it on the show. It helps get uh, a little bit better uh, engagement and viewership in the podcast feeds. But you can find the show on Twitter at Blackwatch Report. No, own that report. And email the show, blackwatchreport at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitch right here at twitch.tv slash blackwatchreport. We record live Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern. Our intro music an original piece by our own Mr. Kyle Wynn. This has been a High Noon production. You can find all of our shows over at highnoonpodcast.com and come and chat with all the hosts over on the Discord at discord.me slash highnoonpodcast. And with that, Blackwatch out.